Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Blog Talk Radio Network. This is WAMS Radio from our studios live in Washington, D.C. And today we're going to talk books and the author of Surviving Dreamland, Escape from Terror, Bill Penoyer, joins us. This is a book that has several different uh, plot threads. Um, You can describe it as an action-adventure, a historical fiction novel. There's a tragic love story mixed in. At at the end of the day, it's a great page-turner. And uh, Bill joins us on the line now to talk about his book. First of all, congratulations on the release of Surviving Dreamland. Thank you, Bert. It's good to be here. So the inspiration for this book, and, and we should tell our listeners that it's it's set uh, in large part in, in Iraq, comes from your personal experience in that country. Tell me what took you to Iraq to begin with. Well, I um, uh, uh, was a foreign service officer with the U.S. Agency for International Development, and uh, having worked uh, actually, before I joined USAID in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia in the uh, 80s, um, I was interested in, in going back to Iraq, and I was particularly interested in helping the country rebuild. It was in 2009 that I went there, and my hope and anticipation was that when I got there uh, to join um, the USAID colleagues and military and Department of State uh, folks, that uh, we would be in the process of rebuilding the country. So uh, that's why I went. That's why I volunteered. And my um, uh, first assignment was in Ramadi for three months, and then I was assigned to work in the uh, at the Marine Ford Operating Base in uh, or near Fallujah, uh, also in Anbar Province. So that's how I got there. And this is not your first book, but it's your first fictional novel. Um, but there are elements of this book that were inspired by, by true events. And, and one of the ones that, that I wanted to ask you specifically about is uh, you spent some time, uh, I guess it was around 2009, near the Ambar province in Fallujah. And, and, of course, if you pay any attention to the news, you recognize Ambar province in Fallujah as a place that uh, that Saddam Hussein and his son spent a lot of time. And and in the book, there's a, a resort that Uday Hussein utilized and uh, apparently, allegedly, kidnapped young women uh, to take them there and kill them in the lake at the resort. How did you first hear about this story? Well, it, it, it's interesting. When I uh, arrived there, I flew in from Ramadi, the PRT there, Provincial Reconstruction Team and Army Military Base, to the Ford Operating Base uh, in Fallujah that was uh, 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 on this uh, compound that had previously been uh, a palatial estate and a resort uh, for Uday Hussein and the Ba'athist Party uh, elite. Uh, It was uh, on a lake. His uh, house, his uh, palace, if you will, was on a peninsula jutting out into the lake. And uh, when I arrived uh, and was met at the uh, helicopter pad by my colleague, he drove me around the lake and 
pointed out different sites and where I'd be staying and whatnot. But along the way, he pointed out this building that had been, um, as he described it, Uday's private disco. It was on a, um, um, a bay in the lake. And uh, uh, in, in that bay area, it was a small uh, area on the lake, uh, there was this um, cage-like contraption that was in the middle of, uh, you know, between a bridge, you know, uh, either side there was a bridge going out to it. And he described uh, what had gone on there, uh, that Uday would take young women from Baghdad or elsewhere in Iraq and actually have them imported from, uh, um, at the time, uh, you know, Eastern European countries, and, uh, you know, either they would um, you know, follow his instructions, in other words, go to bed with him, or they would be killed, or both, uh, you know, and, and it would happen at this place uh, on the lake. And uh, it was a legend, but the legend was somewhat verified, he said, because others, uh, the uh, divers with the military, uh, when they first took over the compound, uh, were searching underwater for uh, unexploded bombs, ordnance, and they found the skeletons uh, near this, what was the cage, and that sort of uh, provided some validity to the story. So that was the beginning of, you know, it got me thinking about how, what happened there and how did Uday um, uh, continue to do that and what happened to them, you know, once the war really uh, broke out. So that's how the story began and evolved. William Penoyers, our, our guest, his book is Surviving Dreamland, Escape from Terror. And you can find out more at survivingdreamlandbook.com. It's available at amazon.com, wherever books are sold. Um, you, you heard a lot during the Iraqi war, both Iraqi wars, about Saddam Hussein, a little less about Uday and, and his brother, and his brother's name I'm forgetting now. What was uh, Uday's brother? Kuse. Kuse. You heard, uh, you know, some about those guys, but but the longer that engagement went on, the more stories you heard about the two sons, especially Uday, and, and he, there were some reports that he was actually much more vicious than his father. Did you find evidence of that when you were in Iraq? Well, I mean, I did not personally find evidence of it other than, you know, the uh, legend that I told you about, about the lake. But, you know, in writing the book, uh, uh, Surviving Dreamland, I I did a lot of research uh, all online. Uh, and, you know, through what I read, you know, leading up to the war, um, you know, there was – uh, story, incident after incident in the news and on the web um, about how um, sadistic uh, Uday Hussein was and how heartless he was in randomly killing, um, you know, not only women, but others that got in his way or who would have displeased him. Uh, from early on when he was just starting college, uh, through um, the uh, late 80s, uh, there was one incident that actually is in Surviving Dreamland 
where uh, his mother was particularly annoyed with um, Saddam's uh, personal servant because that particular servant introduced uh, Saddam to another lady who became his mistress, and Uday became so enraged by you know what uh, the servant did that in a, a very public setting, he proceeded to uh, kill him by cutting his throat. Um, so that's one incident among many, many uh, that Uday was um, um, guilty of, or you know the, the uh, uh, reports uh, came out about him. And he, uh, his son, his brother Kuse was not much better. Kuse was in charge of the uh, special uh, forces, uh, the security forces, and he uh, was also merciless in killing uh, any threat associated with uh, uh, anybody that might even think about uh, doing harm to the Ba'athist party or to Saddam Hussein, not only killing the uh, possible perpetrators of crime or of, of these things, but the whole families and tribes. They would, he would kill them all. You know, and this was the way they operated. It was the uh, Hussein family uh, approach to business. You know, and we're talking, by the way, with the author of Surviving Dreamland, uh, Bill Penoyer, and uh, the book is available now. It's a fascinating read. It is a work of historical fiction, but certainly Bill spent a lot of time with boots on the ground in Iraq, and he can speak to it uh, pretty authoritatively. I read that passage in the book, and uh, this is, uh, to paint the picture for our listeners, uh, this is at a a big gala, like a state dinner, and uh, Uday uh, just becomes enraged, and in front of all the gala guests, including his own mother, uh, you know, just kills this guy in cold blood. Um, and it made me think back, uh, Bill, to the the political debate that happened around Saddam Hussein. You know, were there, uh, at the end of the day, adequate reasons to, to remove this guy from power? And the more I read about your in your book, it certainly seemed like, uh, you know, whether or not there were weapons of mass destruction, there was no question that these folks were really bad actors uh, on the world stage at the time. Is that what you observed while you were in country? Well, um, you know, talking to Iraqi nationals with whom I worked, um, it is clear that, you know, the uh, certainly the Shia, the southern uh provinces where the majority Shia folk lived um, had a lot of reason to resent and, and fear um, the, the uh, Saddam Hussein family and the Ba'athist party. Uh, however, even the Sunnis um, had to tread lightly. They had to be careful about uh, what they said or what they did to ensure that they didn't uh, you know, arise fear or, you know, the anger of any of the party because uh, the the uh, uh, Saddam Hussein family justice was swift. And, uh, again, it wouldn't be just uh, the offending individual. It frequently would include the entire family or even more people. Um, you know, there are many, many stories of uh, mass graves discovered um, you know, that occurred, you know, 
prior to the USA, U.S. engagement over there. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's frightening. And certainly there are a lot of other dictators in the world that have also done very mean criminal things like that. But, um, you know, that coupled with the um, belief that there was weapons of mass destruction just provided uh, another imperative for the United States to take action, I think. William F. Bilpin Oyer is our guest. His book is Surviving Dreamland, Escape from Terror. And you can visit him online at survivingdreamlandbook.com. To find out more, Bill spent uh, almost two years with boots on the ground in Iraq uh, with the U.S. Agency for International Development, 2009-2010, supporting the war effort in Anbar, Baghdad, Basra, all over the country. Uh, Served as the U.S. aid for the Regional Threat Team Strategic Operations Directorate. Uh, and while working there in the, uh, with the embedded provincial reconstruction team and the Marines at the forward operating base uh, in Bara near Ambar province, he first heard these stories of, of Uday Hussein's activities at a lake resort that apparently the Marines, in, in, you know, using quite a bit of irony, dubbed Dreamland because it was anything but a dreamland for these young women that were lured there um, to this resort and, and were summarily killed by Uday Hussein and his thugs. Um, the story also, though, Bill, has an interesting American twist um, about uh, a young family that that gets out of Dodge, gets out of Iraq, and resettles in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Father becomes a doctor, and then there's a, a daughter involved who, after graduating from high school, goes back to visit uh, the home country in Iraq. And tell me where the inspiration for for that piece of the book came from. Well, Burke, I think we've all met, known, and probably have friends who are immigrant families or at least second generation immigrant families. And you know, there's there's a common thread in that uh, once the families come to America, virtually all of them you know, with very, very few exceptions, uh, embrace the American um, standard of living and the cultural values that America has. But there's also that uh, uh, desire both on the folks who immigrated and their their children to uh, visit the homeland, to go back to the homeland, to see the relatives they left behind, to see for the children to see the place that they've heard about uh, and uh, would, you know, would be interested in, in actually visiting. So this was the, the storyline behind it. And actually, uh, uh, when I was in Iraq, I became very good friends and helped sponsor a family like that who emigrated to the United States as refugees um, based on their work with the United States. Um, but anyway, that's where I got the inspiration. And the young lady uh, was inspired not only by the, the children whom I met uh, with the Iraqi family that immigrated here, but also when I first arrived in Iraq in a Ramadi, there was a young, perhaps 18, 19-year-old um, Arab-American young lady was working there as an interpreter for the army, and uh, and I was immediately struck, first of all, by how out of place she 
seem to be in uh, a, a military camp full of soldiers and, uh, frankly, older folk uh, there for the war effort. She was there to, uh, and she volunteered uh, along with her dad to be interpreters, the um, military and the um, USAID and Department of State needed, valued uh, uh, the interpreters, the translators that spoke um, Arabic as their first language and could also speak fluent English uh, to help us navigate through all of the different people we were working with in the uh, in Ramadi, Fallujah, and elsewhere in Iraq. But anyway, it was her, this young lady, that inspired the character of Laura, the heroine of the story. You know, um, I could imagine how another young lady could have been there and could have gotten caught in the uh, trap of Uday Hussein and how she would have survived that and ultimately uh, helped bring um, Uday to justice. Our guest is Bill Penoyer. The book is called Surviving Dreamland, Escape from Terror. It is a historical fiction novel, a thriller. Uh, If you you love military fiction, you're going to love this book, and you can find out more about it at survivingdreamlandbook.com. Bill will have book signings uh, all over America in 2018. And and one thing, uh, Bill, that that I found interesting, and you touched on it very briefly there, is that you and your wife have actually sponsored a couple of these Iraqi families now and helped get them, uh, you know, work uh, here in the United States to help secure a future for their children. Uh, I I find that very, very, uh, you know, laudable. And especially in, in the political climate today, I would imagine you got quite a few sideways looks from folks when you said, hey, I'm going to help some Iraqis move to America. So what made you step out and, and take that risk? Well, you know, I didn't consider it a risk in 2010 when uh, I uh, made the offer to – actually, she was my colleague in uh, uh, the Babel province – um, she uh, and her brother had both been working with the United States military initially in 2004 and then uh, later with the U.S. AID contractors uh, in 2007 and eight. and ultimately uh, uh, my colleague worked as a, uh, a direct hire employee of USAID where I met her in uh, uh, it was the Army uh, military base uh, Camp Kalsu, where our uh, provincial reconstruction team was. That was the last assignment I had before I left. But the story, briefly, was that her brother was killed while working for one of our USAID contractors. Uh, he was killed in a tragic uh, auto accident and left behind a... Um, young widow and his three young daughters. Um, and uh, my, my colleague expressed a real you know, desire. She wanted to immigrate to the States, uh, but long story short, there was a, um, a tremendous bureaucracy uh, associated with the Department of State uh, immigration. Uh, the whole process was getting bogged down. And uh, uh, I, I felt that, you know, if I could help them, I would help them. And one of the the questions was, where would you 
go if you came to the United States, and they needed a sponsor. And uh, my wife and I had sponsored actually 10 years prior a Russian lady uh, who's a very good friend of ours now. That worked very well. We uh, like helping people, bright people who can uh, uh, contribute to the United States. And if, if we can do it and, and uh, it is uh, something that, uh, you know, can work through the immigration process, we're happy to help. So we never considered it as a, a burden. We considered it as something it's the right thing to do. And I think uh, many Americans do that. I think a lot more Americans would uh, um, benefit, you know, personally um, and spiritually by doing the same thing. It's an interesting book and an interesting premise that that you uh, have brought forth in Surviving Dreamland. Surviving Dreamland Escape from Terror is available at Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Bill Penoyer is our guest today. It's a brand new book, and um, let's let's stay on the immigration piece for just a moment. You uh, you mentioned that you've uh, helped a, a Russian uh, lady and, and her family immigrate here, and uh, in reading my notes, I saw that she's now an architect uh, in Maryland and. You've helped these uh, Iraqi families. You've been stationed all over the world in uh, Zambia and South Africa. It's been five years in, in Ukraine. Um, there, there's been much talk, Bill, and, and much nervousness amongst certain segments of the American population about, uh, you know, clamping down on our borders and, and keeping people out of the country. As someone who is very, very well-traveled around the world, as you are, I mean, you spent decades with USAID and, and the Foreign Service, what would you say to those folks who maybe uh, are not quite as well-traveled about why uh, immigration should still be not only allowed but encouraged? Well, you know, America has been built on immigrants. We're, except for the Native American Indians, we're all um, – uh, children of immigrant families, you know, from many, many generations ago to recent generations. And uh, it, it's what keeps, I think, America very competitive in the world. Um, the, the folks that come here self-select frequently. They, they uh, you know, know things aren't going well wherever they are, but they are willing to risk everything, literally, to come to the United States and to uh, work harder, I think, than um, you know the folks that would have stayed behind, uh, and and certainly even many Americans to try to achieve you know the sort of the the, the American dream of uh, doing you know achieving a middle class or a better life for themselves and for their children. So that's. You know, that's why, you know, I think it's a good thing. And, and to, you know, there's no black and white. The world is very uh, complicated in many respects. And, uh, you know, there are certainly um, problems with some immigrants that do come to the United States. But, you know, there's a lot of problems with uh, people here in America. You know, they're uh, – I don't want to go into, the, you know, a lot of the – political aspects, but there are many, many things in America that uh, could be righted that would save lives, uh, and they are ignored entirely. 
whereas other things people like to pick on, and they are also uh, deserving of debate and discussion, <clears throat> but it's not one thing or another. It's a combination of things that uh, the American society needs to address. And certainly uh, immigration is uh, something that needs to be very much a part of the United States to keep us uh, in a leadership position and a uh, robust uh, economic position. And that is one of the things that we should continue to support as much as possible. William F. Bill Penoyer, our guest today. His new book is Surviving Dreamland, Escape from Terror. You can find it at survivingdreamlandbook.com, amazon.com, booksellers everywhere. We've got a couple of minutes left, and I want to talk to you about uh, the special ops guys that uh, have a big role in your book. You treat them very reverently. You obviously spend a lot of time on the ground uh, in and around these guys uh, with the the Strategic uh, Operations Directorate and the U.S. Forces Command Headquarters near Baghdad. Uh, paint a picture for our listeners of the kinds of men and women that you interacted with in special ops. <laughs> well, first of all, the uh, my role there was uh, like a very minor uh, bit player in, in the whole scheme of things. Uh, as an advisor on how the U.S. military may use, they had uh, a special fund called the Commander's Emergency Response Program, which was money to help uh, mitigate the violence in Anbar Province and elsewhere in Iraq. And uh, uh, as a U.S. uh, international development advisor, my uh, 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 value added was to try to help them identify ways where that money could be best used to rebuild that uh, country and rebuild society and not uh, have it, uh, um, you know, used for short-term uh, gain by the, the sheikhs and others, uh, but no long-term effect. Uh, so that that's what I did. <clears throat> but in that job, I, d- I did have an opportunity to, um, you know, work with, some folks that uh, had a very different role, and they didn't talk about what they did. Um, it was not my business, of course, uh, but I could see the the strain that it put on them in what they did do. Um, that that was at the Camp Victory headquarters uh, near near Baghdad, and when I was in the field, um, although I did not talk with them, I had no reason to become you know, colleagues or friends with them, I did see special forces operators in the canteen, in the um, uh, chow halls. They kept to themselves pretty much. But, you know, it um, it was clear that they were focused. They had a, an important mission to do. And, uh, you know, it was something that I was more in awe of, these, these uh, warriors. Um, and I tried to paint a a good picture, a positive picture of them. I, it's a, a fiction um, that is in the book, but is based on a lot of research, again, that I got off of the Internet. And I hope I painted a reasonably accurate uh, picture of perhaps not 
the exact things that they did simply because what I wrote was fiction, but uh, it, it, I hope, gave gives people an idea of the sacrifice that they make on our behalf. Bill, final 30 seconds. For folks that read the book, what would you like for them to take away from Surviving Dreamland? Well, that, um, you know, there are bad people in the world, but there are also a lot of good people in the world. And, um, you know, things are not black and white. Uh, uh, You know, we can't, you know, um, America has become very tribal in its own right. And based on uh, the story, you know, uh, it's sort of a warning that, you know, tribalism is not really a good thing. Uh, in many respects, and uh, uh, I think that the book does have a lot of interesting stories to it. About four subplots in the book, but they all come together for for uh, what ultimately was hoped for and is still hoped for a better Iraq and a better world. Uh, but it takes all kinds of people to make that happen. And it takes a great book like Surviving Dreamland to bring the story forefront to lots of people. And it is, at the end of the day, a fantastic page turner. The book is Surviving Dreamland, Escape from Terror. William F. Penoyer is the author. Find out more at survivingdreamlandbook.com. Bill, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you, Burke. It was a pleasure. Enjoy surviving Dreamland. Now get out there and make it a great day. Thanks for listening.